1: fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am here with you to talk about Notre Dame picking up safety transfer Antonio Carter. He was a cornerback at the University of Rhode Island the last four seasons. He comes to Notre Dame with two seasons of eligibility remaining. This is a big, big pickup for Notre Dame. I'm going to dive into the backstory, how it happened, talk about Antonio's career, the fit, the impact, all of that. But this is a big pickup for Notre Dame, and the transfer portal has been pretty good to Notre Dame. We're going to talk about that later this week, but let's talk about Antonio Carter. Obviously, Antonio Carter is a transfer. He is going to be a member of the Notre Dame Secondary. He did play cornerback at Rhode Island, as I said, but he's being recruited by Notre Dame to play safety and perhaps some other positions. They do Notre Dame does love his versatility, but he's primarily being recruited to play safety.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Let's talk a little bit about his background. Antonio is from Orlando, Florida, played at Oak Ridge High School in Orlando, uh, went to Rhode Island, redshirted as a freshman in 2019 and then 2020, obviously the covid season really jacked up the FCS season. Rhode Island only played 3 games. Antonio did get some playing time for Rhode Island that year in those 3 games, had 7 tackles and an interception that season as a part of that safety of, of the excuse me the secondary rotation for Rhode Island. Earned a starting job in 2021, recorded 51 tackles and seven breakups and an interception that season. Also had a forced fumble. Came out at a very strong season in 2022 in 12 games as well. He had 60 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, 10 pass breakups, one interception and two forced fumbles. Also had two fumble recoveries for Rhode Island that season. So let's talk about kind of how Notre Dame, how this all came about. It's a very interesting story. So Antonio jumped in the transfer portal back on April 16th. Notre Dame did not offer until I believe May 5th. And he had already taken visits to Wisconsin. He'd already taken visits to Ole Miss. And coming into this week's visit, he started to visit on Wednesday. He had actually committed to Notre Dame before we got to today, which is Saturday. And uh, we actually did an interview with him yesterday, Friday, and we talked about he gave us a lot of quotes. I got a chance to spend about 20 minutes with him just talking with him uh, about his decision, why it happened. There's an article at IrishBreakdown.com that you'll be able to read, uh, a front page article about him that you'll be able to read where he talked about all the different factors that went into it. But here's the reality. I mean, talking to him, Ryan Roberts talked to him coming into the visit and he liked Notre Dame. He's very intrigued by Notre Dame. Notre Dame was a fit for him. He's a high academic kid. He's he's someone who wants to to do some really special things after football. He's life after football is something that he's contemplating. But football is very important to him right now. But Notre Dame was had ground to make up. Let's be honest. They had they got into the game late, and then in the last week, Notre Dame offers him, Florida offers him, and LSU offers him. He had said to us that Wisconsin had had done a great job recruiting him. They had had laid out a great strategy for him, a plan for him. Ole Miss, he visited Ole Miss. They were on him. And basically, there was maybe one or two visits left, and you had Kentucky, LSU, Florida, and Notre Dame all fighting to get his next visit. Well, Notre Dame won that battle. So he came on a visit on Wednesday. Like I said, Notre Dame had some ground to make up. By Friday, he had committed. Now, Talking to Antonio uh, yesterday for the interview, one of the things he said was he kind of knew early on, once the visit started, that this was going to be a good fit for him. And and you should read that article. He talked a lot about why he did it, felt comfortable at Notre Dame. The fit was there. The Notre Dame staff did a great job of explaining to him how they were going to use him and how his strengths as a player fit so well into what they do. We'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. Uh, but Notre Dame really just knocked the visit out of the park, as we like to say here, did a great job uh, with that. And he's also a young man that the academic piece was going to be very important to him. A lot of times transfers, grad transfers, he's a grad transfer. You know, the Masters is nice, but they're 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 one of focusing they They want to focus on football. Well, his situation is unique because he has two years of eligibility remaining even though he's a graduate because of the COVID year. He redshirted in 2019, the COVID year, even though he played three games and they his entire team only played three games, that that year obviously doesn't count based on the NCAA rules. So he has two years left. So the Masters part was very important to him. And he, we talked about, you know, you can read the article. We talked about, you know, what he wants to do after after life and, and how football can play a role into that. We also talked about wanting to win a championship and how the team aspect of what he was trying to do was so important to him. And that really factored into Notre Dame's uh, ability to get him. One thing we've said at Irish Breakdown really for a while is that this Notre Dame coaching staff and these this team is not afraid to talk about, hey, we, we're playing for championships. We want to win a championship. And that really resonated with Antonio. and And so obviously that's how Notre Dame was able to go from playing from behind coming into the visit to where before the visit was even over, he was done. No more visits to anywhere else. He's making his decision. And then, of course, he announced it on Saturday night around seven o'clock. He announced his final decision. So what kind of players nerd him getting? Let's talk about Antonio Carter as a player. First thing you'll see, good size. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. The next thing you're going to see, he's very strong. And especially for a cornerback. When you watch him play at Rhode Island, he's got some very good film. They played this past season against Pitt. So that's some really good film to watch because you see you know, how does he stack up? It's You know, you, you get the concerns people have. Look, he's coming from the FCS level. It's a lower level of competition, and that's all fair. Just keep in mind that this conference that he plays in has produced a lot of players to the Division One level that have become really good football players. Obviously, Jared Verse, uh, the defensive end at Florida State last year, who's a preseason All-American caliber player. People projecting to be a first-round pick. He transferred to Florida State last year from that league, so they've had a lot of kids transfer from that league. South Carolina's top receiver this past season, uh, Antoine Wells, who Notre Dame faced, obviously, in the bowl game. He transferred from this conference as well before James Madison up to, jumped up to the Division One level for, for 2022. But in 2021, he was in the same conference that Antonio Carter played in. So it's, it's a good conference. They It's one of the better FCS conferences. They put a lot of kids, obviously, into this level since the transfer portal started and he was a guy that stood out there he he was a good player there and he was obviously held his own against Pitt was targeted three times only gave up one catch for six yards in that game uh strong tackler that's the other thing that you notice is he is a really really good tackler and as we know this has been an issue for Notre Dame at the safety position in recent seasons Notre Dame safeties really have struggled tackling not only just Uh, being good in space they they're they're not great in space but also it's not an overly physical safety group and Kyle other than Kyle Hamilton the last couple years there there isn't anybody that's really been able to provide some some thump even though this kid played cornerback when you watch the film this kid will smack people and he's a very physical corner does a great job of blocks block destruction on the perimeter as I mentioned he had 111 tackles the last two seasons but when you look at his numbers, it's not because he's given up a lot of receptions. He had 61 tackles this past season. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head, but I believe at Pitt or at Rhode Island this past year, he only gave up 29 completions. So that's a lot of run game tackles. You break down the film, they blitz him off of the edge. Uh, he comes up, he's great against, they use him, well, I shouldn't say he's great against it. He is very good against it, but th- they do a lot of using him to attack perimeter runs, perimeter screens, the screen the, the quick screen game, the quick game. He's very physical in coverage as a cornerback. Those traits are all going to transition well to safety. And the thing about him is when you talk about projecting him to play corner at the next level, he's a little tight in the hips, right, for a guy that you would expect to play corner at this level. It's not that he's it, it's not that he's not flexible. It's just when you look at what Notre Dame has, he's just not a guy that you say is, is quite good enough to, to be able to beat out the Cam Harts and the Benjamin Morrisons. Other schools rec- were recruiting him to play corner. I believe Wisconsin's pitch to him was corner. I believe Ole Miss's pitch was sort of a nickel position. Notre Dame's was all of it, but primarily safety to nickel, and then if they need to use him in some corner situations, they could use him there. But safety nickel is really where they're looking at primarily with safety. Well, When you look at his skill set, it transitions and fits really well to the Power Five levels of safety. He runs well for a corner. He runs pretty well for a for a, a safety. And also with his background as a cover player at Rhode Island, they did a lot of zone, but they'd also let him play man a lot. Uh, he had to play the post at times when he's playing some off coverage, but he was a lot of times coming up in press playing physical at the line of scrimmage. Notre Dame needs to be able to do more coverage with their safeties. The problem is they didn't have a lot of safeties that were great in coverage. And when you look at the end of the season, when Brandon Joseph was out for most of it, and you and you talk about Xavier Watts being a good cover guy, he projects to be a good cover player. He had, I think, three pass breakups in the last two games. And then you look at it, uh, DJ Brown's not a cover guy. Ramon Henderson should be, but he's not a great cover guy right now. They needed a safety that could, number one, be a good tackler, strong tackler, which he is, but they needed safety help from a coverage standpoint. You're talking now about a converted cornerback that has good coverage skills. He's a very disciplined cover player at corner, should translate well to safety. But at the end of the day, his best traits, when he is absolutely at his best on film, is when he is flying downhill and hitting people. So the ability to do that, plus to have the speed and the range and the instincts to be able to cover, Really provides a big boost to the Notre Dame defense from a, from a fit standpoint. So I think the fit is important. It's one thing to go recruit a safety, and you know there's a lot of safeties on the board. You know what are you looking for? You don't want to really add something that you already have just to give you numbers. This pickup certainly helps Notre Dame from a number standpoint. You're talking about being in a situation where you only had three scholarship safeties coming back. A freshman or a walk on was going to have to play to get to four safeties. Landing Antonio Carter means that you don't have to play a freshman now. You now have four guys that are safeties. So I think just from a pure safety standpoint, it's it's or from a pure number standpoint, this is a good pickup. And I think that's the first place that you need to start when you're talking about the impact that Antonio Carter can have. The other part about it that's impact, really important for Notre Dame is the playmaking ability. And I think that's something that really stands out. I want to pull some numbers up here just to kind of give you an example of what I'm referring to here. So you look at Antonio Carter's numbers from this past season, 60 tackles, 10 pass breakups, one interceptions, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. If you look at Notre Dame's three returning safeties, so that'd be Xavier Watts, Ramon Henderson, and DJ Brown. They combined for 110 tackles, five pass breakups, one no interceptions, and no forced fumbles. Now, context. Right. So if we're going to be fair, he's playing at the FCS F- FCS level, although he did have a breakup against Pitt and three tackles against Pitt, only gave up one one completion for six yards in that game. And he's also playing corners. So corners are going to tend to have higher production numbers. But if you even put his breakup numbers into context, Ben Benjamin Morrison this year for Notre Dame had six interceptions and four breakups. So he had a total of 10 passes defensed in 13 games. Antonio Carter had 11 in 12 games. If you look at Cam Hart, I think he had six breakups as well and only one interception. So it puts into context that those are very good numbers for a corner. Now you project that to the next level, you project that to Notre Dame, you think that he's going to have a chance to, to provide a lot more impact play on the football than what Notre Dame got this season. And that's just not something that Notre Dame got a lot from the safeties. I think, you know, obviously Brandon Joseph had the big interception against Syracuse, But other than that, the safeties didn't make a ton of plays. Now, what was good about the safeties this year is they didn't give up a lot of plays, but the tackling needs to get better and they just need to be able to make more plays. And last year, they couldn't make a lot of plays. And so I think when you look at the impact that Antonio Carter brings, the ability to be a playmaker is really at the top of that list. There's one more aspect of this that I want to talk about, really kind of two aspects. Quickly, when I talked about the depth one thing that is impactful that I didn't mention during the depth piece was Antonio Carter coming means that the freshman class, which Notre Dame likes, Ben Minich, and Don Schuler. There's a lot of promise there. Notre Dame staff is very high on those players. Uh, Don Schuler's coming off of a shoulder injury. Ben Minich broke his hand, but they're freshmen. Even though you like them as players, they're freshmen. And as, as I as you all hear me say all the time, you don't ever want to have to play a freshman because of need. You want to play a freshman because he's ready to play. What this does now by getting an Antonio Carter, it means for the freshmen, you don't have to play them this year. You play them if they earn the earn, they earn playing time. But you can allow Adon, for example, to to get healthy with the shoulder. Perhaps this helps in, in, enhance the opportunities to redshirt him, which is something I would love to be able to do. I don't normally advocate for for redshirting defensive backs, but with Adon's. Shoulder injury. I would love to make sure that that doesn't become something that's problematic down the road. Ben Minich is a guy that also I wouldn't be completely against redshirting, but he'll be a little bit tougher to redshirt because of his his ability to play on some special teams, and he doesn't have the same injury that Don had. He he broke his uh, a thing of finger or a thumb. Honestly, it cost him the rest of the spring. But if you're in the fall, you you put a cast on that sucker and you go out and play. I mean, that's usually what how it goes. And so there was no need to risk that during the spring, but it was point is it wasn't a debilitating injury like, like a Don Shuler had with a the, with the shoulder. So this allows you to to, to take your time getting a Don out there and make sure that he's getting healthy. And it also means that if Ben Minich is playing, it's because he's earned it and he's ready to play, barring there being injury. And then if you were in a situation, if you didn't get Ant- Antonio Carter and there was an injury, now both of your freshmen had to play. And so now Notre Dame is in a situation where they're going to need an injury for a freshman to have to play. And if they can stay relatively he- healthy, none of the freshmen have to play this year. That's important. And here's another reason that this pickup is very important for me. This is going to have a big impact on Thomas Harper. We're going to, we're going to talk about the fre- the transfers here, uh, I believe on Tuesday's show, we're going to talk a lot about the transfers in this just transfer class. But one of the things I liked about this class is a lot of the pickups that they got in the transfer portal were were guys the position players were guys that impact multiple positions and that's important for Antonio Carter so when you look at the safety depth chart the safety issues the lack of players one of the things that Notre Dame might have been forced to do was to play Thomas Harper uh, at safety now if if you aren't familiar with Thomas Harper Thomas Harper is, was a transfer grad transfer that came to Notre Dame as well in the portal this year but he came back in January Notre Dame got him into school early. He went through spring practice with Notre Dame, didn't do a lot of the contact stuff because he was coming off of an injury. But there was a lot of things he did. He played, he did one-on-ones. He went through drills. He was able to learn the defense. And he was a guy that was at, at Oklahoma State, was an outstanding nickel. Now, as part of a, the nickel package, and we, we broke this down at Irish Breakdown when they first got him. I had an article about this. But, you know, Oklahoma State did a great job of moving him around. So he would be a nickel. But then if they wanted to roll their coverage or show something different, you know, he would kind of go back and play like deep safety in the field. There was times he was playing sort of the boundary safety. He would move around a lot, but he was at his best when he was playing on the second level, playing nickel. He was very good in coverage. His coverage numbers were actually better than Tariq Bracey's. And I thought Tariq Bracy had a very good year for Notre Dame, but his coverage numbers were better. He brings a little bit of a bigger body to that position. But he's also a guy that could play safety. Well, with Notre Dame having the safety issues, they were going to have to cross-train him. Well, to me, that takes away from what made Thomas Harper the caliber player that, that he that he was that made him attractive to Notre Dame. You didn't recruit Thomas Harper to move him to safety. You recruited Thomas Harper because you you lose, lost your nickel, Tariq Bracey. Your next nickel is Clarence Lewis, solid player, but you can upgrade there, and Thomas Harper's certainly an upgrade there. And so having to cross-train him, to me, would have been concerning. Well, now that you have Antonio Carter, number one, Antonio Carter provides some depth at the nickel position because he can also play there. But number two, now if he's there, there's really no more need to cross train Antonio Harper or excuse me, uh, Thomas Harper, you can now leave Thomas Harper at, at nickel, maybe do some things with him, or at least he knows the coverages to where if you had a, if you had a a couple injuries in a game, you could move him back there and kind of get out of it maybe, you know, insert Clarence Lewis into the nickel spot if you had that situation. And then Thomas could go back and, and provide you some depth snaps at uh, at nickel or at safety. Or if you were in your base defense, he could be part of the safety rotation. And then you could you know bring somebody else in as a safety when you went to your nickel or dime packages. But that's more of now an emergency situation where you are almost in an it was almost a necessity prior to Antonio Carter picking Notre Dame that you're going to have to cross train Thomas Harper. So I think getting Antonio Carter not only improves the safety depth chart and and, and is a guy that, to me, depending on how quickly he can learn the system, he'll have a chance to push DJ Brown and Ramon Henderson. At the very least, he's going to be part of the rotation. And the quicker he gets caught up to speed, the quicker he gets comfortable in the rotation, the more time he'll play. I'd, I'd be really surprised if pretty early on we aren't seeing him at least part of the nickel package where you're getting a better cover player on the field, maybe they like DJ Brown on base downs because DJ knows what he's doing. He's a veteran and and all those type of things can get everybody else lined up. But to me, when you're in situations where you need a safety to cover or play in space, Antonio Carter is going to give you a, a, a much better matchup there than DJ Brown is. And so this gives you some insurance in case Ramon Henderson doesn't have the breakout we hope and need that, he, that we hope he has and that he needs to have. But this is a guy that gives you some some depth there, at the very least. Can also help you at the nickel position. But now you have that depth. Now you can really lock down Thomas Harper on the nickel. Obviously, Notre Dame's already loaded at cornerback with Benjamin Morrison and, and Cam Hart. They were ranked as the number six cornerback uh, duo. Well, really, cornerback depth chart in college football, according to uh, Pro Football Focus. I would argue they're, they're higher, but six is okay. I mean, still pretty good. Uh, so you're already good at corner. Now you're talking about you've you've taken a big step towards solidifying the safety position, which we said even as recently as this week past week is the biggest question mark on the team. I don't think this answers all your questions at safety because some other guys, I mean, you still need Ramon Henderson to play better. Xavier Watts needs to kind of build on how he finished the season. T.J. Brown's got a sharpest tackling. So there's still some question marks there, but you added a talented player that has production in his history, and you've shored up at the very least your numbers. And so I think that that is where the impact for Antonio Carter comes from. So great job by the Notre Dame coaching staff to to get on this kid. Again, they got on him late. They got on him three weeks, I think, after a little over two weeks, actually, almost three weeks after he went in the portal before they got on him, were able to beat Florida and LSU and Kentucky for that final visit and did a great job during the visit. Uh, showing him how he fit in to where he he was not necessarily ready to decide this early but he did want to make a decision somewhat early uh, or somewhat soon and of course Notre Dame was able to really seal the deal so huge huge pickup for Notre Dame big pickup for Notre Dame most likely done in the transfer portal for now although the staff is going to continue to reach out they're now at 82 scholarships with antonio carter on board so there's still some room to work with if there are some other fits out there i would not be afraid to continue looking for more safety help now i think you know obviously if there if you can get some you know some defensive line depth if you can get some guard depth i think those are areas where i would always look you know perhaps a, a, a healthy running back some running back depth although you know again not necessarily that those are not necessarily needs but you have some room to work you could can keep your eye open for those but I, I think for the as far as the big needs I think Notre Dame is now has now filled all those you obviously got a quarterback in the transfer portal with, with uh, Sam Hartman you've got you got a receiver who's no longer with the program because and partly because of how well the uh, the the current receivers and the te- guys who are on the team are playing you got to De- Javante Jean-Baptiste at, at the big end so you got help at the defensive end position You obviously got Thomas Harper, who we talked about, Antonio Carter. They're also getting a kid that's that's transferring in. He was not there this spring, uh, but a guy named Cole Aubrey, who's transferred from Princeton. He was sort of an edge rusher, linebacker guy, special teams player. So he provides depth. He's not a guy that you're bringing in to start or play a lot of snaps, but he gives you experience, gives you depth, gives you special teams help. And then of course, they also brought in a, a place kicker and a punter who will also show up this summer. So Notre Dame was really able to have a lot of success on the tr- in the transfer portal this year, and and Antonio Carter is a great way to end that transfer class, at least for now. We expect it to be the end, but I don't want to say definitively because there is still room. But I do think this is going to probably end their their portal class. So really, really successful portal portal class for Notre Dame. Antonio Carter gives them a great way to end it. So that's going to do it for this show, folks. Do me a favor: hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast if you have not done so. Please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, you can obviously watch us on video, but of course you can also listen on our podcast pla- podcast platforms. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, a lot of other p- platforms. You can also go directly to the Irish Breakdown Blue Wire page where you can listen to our show from there. Uh, you can check all of that out if you haven't done so. Also, please go subscribe to the CFP Nation channel, not the YouTube well the YouTube channel, of course, but also our podcast platform. We are in the process of starting to transition the Lucky Lefty Show over to the CFB Nation only. So to only be found on CFB Nation, our CFB All-America show is going to start being on there. We have some, a couple other shows that we're we're working on getting uh, figured out and signed up this summer. So you're definitely going to want to check all that stuff out. So definitely CFB Nation. Find that on your podcast platforms and subscribe to that as well. And as always, make sure you sign up for the message boards at com. Have a great rest of your night, and we'll talk to you all again very soon on the Irish Breakdown podcast.